Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And here we are. Origin is upon us. Three days away now. That shortened round 13 has concluded. So we will jump in with our Origin 1 preview box head. Very exciting. Uh, it hasn't been a whole lot coming out in the build-up, I guess. Probably the biggest thing so far was the Payne Haas injury scare the other day. The ankle injury at training. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> Usually there is a bit of a storyline. But... Yeah, flu or someone's done this or mm. you know, a bit of back and forth. But it's been pretty quiet otherwise, I think. 100%, yeah. Um, Bit of COVID in the Shepherd household. That's been orig- origin week. Oh, yeah. Getting around again. Ugh. We spoke about it, obviously. Uh, running rampant. I know a lot of people that had it. A couple of your mates have had it. Kids got it. We've had five or six blokes at work. They've had it. My missus had it. It's getting around again, that's for sure. It's getting around like a record. Um, wiggy, wiggy. Yeah, but... This podcast brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie. First charity bet that I had this week was Dylan Brown, who played very well the other night, but unfortunately no dice in terms of the try-scoring side of things. And the second bet I had was for Origin, Ron Trell Mitt, who's had a fairly good try-scoring oh, record. He does love one. scoring in blue, and he's got Hamiso in front of him. So as much as I like Hammer at the back, it's very different defending in the front line one-on-one with old Trell Mitt when he's angry. So I'm hoping over there he takes his pissed off pills and throws him on the deck to put some cashola in the bank for us. I don't remember what odds I got. I think it was maybe 265, so somewhere in the 90s, hopefully, to add to the 684.57 cents. But like I said, again, big thanks to bluebet.com.au and keep an eye out for their special. I'm having a crack at that as well. It's Latrell Mitchell or Valentine Holmes to score in the first 60 minutes. Either of those is at $3. Yeah, good odds. So I like both those. We know Holmes has been prolific on the wing, more so than in the centres, but still a very good chance to score a try. Max bet on that one is $40, but I'll be having a slash at that one. So there you go. Thank you, Blue Bet. Uh, we could have done the round 13, but I'd rather talk Origin to start off with Boxer. What do you reckon? Mate, whatever you want to do. And then we'll buddy. run through... <clears throat> Those games. Look, mate, it's, if it's footy, I'm happy to talk about yep. it. Plain and simple. Can, can I finish? There, there was rugby league, and now, you know, now there's origin. So, on, on that front. Yeah, well, the doona's off. They've pulled the doona. <laughs> They've had a big hopes on Javita Pangai Jr. that he'll just go mad. <laughs> M-A-D. Mate. Aaron spudged him the other day. Spud gave him a few jabs. He threw a few uppercuts. Apparently, they were throwing them, the big fellas. Yeah, Spud so would have been going, you've got to have bloody 20 carries. Get to the 20. Just 
off the kickoff. Just fucking carry 800 <laughs> times, mate. Spud. Set, your, set your target. 700 runs. All right. But running through those teams as we jump into this preview of Origin 1 over at Adelaide on the Cricket Oval. For Queensland, Reese Walsh, as we said, the only debutante taking that fullback jersey. You've got Cobo and Tualagi on the wings. Obviously, that's probably the one that surprised people. I thought Gagai might get that chance on the wing, not the center, but they've gone with a club combo of him and Holmes, so you'd assume they'd be on the left. Mm. Hamiso gets the other center spot along with Holmes. The halves, no surprise, Munster, Cherry Evans. The forward pack, I could imagine a late change. The front row for now is Collins, Flegler, Hunt at nine. For Feeder and Gilbert in the back row with Carrigan at lock, I could see Tino starting, if I'm being honest. I don't know if they'll go with that starting pair. Um, yeah, there's been a lot, of, a lot of chat, particularly about how the New South Wales team will be structured. Mm. It's hard to know, isn't it? Until you, yeah, until we see but game I, night. I just think to start off looking at them, they're probably a bit lighter in the middle than we are. They're very middle heavy. Yeah, because you look at their bench: Tino, Cotter, Arrow. Like Tino and Arrow can go to the edge if you want them to, but they're not really specialist edge players. Tino, especially at this point, is definitely now more middle than he is an edge. Yeah, um, and then Harry, we know what they're going to do there. They'll only roll Hunt one time. They'll start off with him in that tough period because he's obviously got that kicking game and he'll either come in if they need points late or yeah. someone to cover half or 13, a bit more creativity. Um, and definitely don't expect a late change for Welsh or Dearden, that's for sure. No. Don't see any change there. Much like New South Wales, I don't see Crichton or Yutukamanu coming in unless something happened to Haas, obviously, that would have to play. Yutukamanu, but for them, Tedesco, I know there was questions around him. I know Dylan Edwards has been absolutely fantastic, but I said this last week and I'm sure... You agree, if there's anyone who deserves to be picked on what they've done in the past, this is the only person I'd make that exception for, James Tedesco. I think Tedesco has been our best, if not top well, two, he was, every he, single I think year. He was, yeah, he won the Bradford medal last year and he was I think he's won it. He's been our best, like I said, top two every game for the last five, six years. If there's anyone that deserves a chance, especially to go down on their sword, if we lose this series, like I said, and he plays average, it's open slather next year. But for now, there's not many people I'd put my hand up and say they deserve to keep their jersey on incumbency and what they've done for us in the past. I hate that side of things, but that's one person I will put my hand up for. Yeah, well, he's, up, he's captain. Tedesco's never let us down. Yeah. So um, he's certainly going to have to work for it this year. But Toto on the wing, the Fox is back in after being out last year. Latrell Mitchell and Tom in the centres. And the talk during the week as well is that they'll go back to the way they were. I think it was 2021 when they dominated. So I, I thought Brian might be on the right and Fox on the left like they've been at club. That's not going to be the case, apparently. They were training with Brian on the left with Luttrell and Fox on the right with Turbo like they were in 21. Yeah. Uh, Harves, they've stuck with Luai, with Cleary. Uh, Pangai Jr., the one that surprised a lot of people. I'm not surprised for the way I think he's going to be used. And we know that he's got the ability, but as we've talked about for years, you just don't see it often enough. If you get the best version of Pangai Jr., he certainly can play in this arena. Mm. The question is, will we get that? But I still think it would have been a no-brainer if Campbell Gillard was healthy and Kalal Matungi was healthy. And if a few of those guys, the bench and the starting side maybe would have been a little bit different. But that's that's rugby league. You get injuries and things happen. Arpy got the nod over Cook. I have absolutely no problem with that. Um, I think what he offers, and we've spoke about this before, and there's that argument in craft and deception and what he does around the nine, I think he's just miles ahead of Cook in that department. Cook is run and gun and defend. And I think you need more from nine. So with this, yeah. and again, the club combo, which again, it doesn't it's not everything, but it's something. They haven't made three grand finals for no reason with Yo, Cleary, Luai, and Arpi. Yeah. That one's got some credit behind it to look at it and understand why they've gone that way. 
your front row, Haas, the other one, no surprise there. Hopefully that ankle's all good. Frizzell and Young, so you've gone back to a veteran and you've got a debutante in good form. Interested to see if Frizzell plays the 80 or if they move him in the middle at some point or whether he just gets a start. Like I think it'd be a waste if you've picked him just to give him 20, 30 minutes. I think he's either going the distance or fair way or he's moving into the middle to get Martin onto the field. Uh, on that right side, we imagine he would be with Hudson on the left. And Yo, in the past, he's had the habit of taking him off. I, I think he needs to play almost a full game, and him and Murray need to be on the field at some point together. Yeah. Um, but looking at that bench, Paulo, Murray, Martin, Hines. For me, Hines doesn't get on the field unless he's needed. I don't like the talk about him playing hooker for 10-15 unless Arpy's absolutely gassed. I want Arpy playing 80. Yeah. Hines is yeah. purely now. Well, in an ideal world, I'm sure that's what Brad Fittler would want as well. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping <clears> they'll force just, him onto the field. There's a couple of reasons. Number one is we well, don't have another specialist hooker, so you want your special positions to stay as is. But the other reason is is that if he gets through, then it gives you an extra middle change for your other three bench players. So yeah, that'll certainly help and keep our middle fresh. And like I said, again, there's an opportunity to steal a change there if their goal is to put Martin, say, in the back row and get Frizzell into the middle for a stint. There is an alternative there to, again, steal another change, which will give you more quick-fire changes if you want to roll a few guys to the middle and just try and keep that part of your game going. But um, probably the other thing that I question, and it's only off what's happened the last few years, is how we do use our bench. Yeah, We sort of spoke about this before we go on air. Haas, and I had someone asked me this the other day, saying that Haas hasn't really dominated this arena yet. I'm like, well, I don't think he's been used correctly. They've tried to use him off the bench or his stint's been too short. Haas's best quality is the fact his first carry is as good as his last. And this is one of the toughest, quickest, fastest arenas and quickest fatiguing ones. Haas needs to play 60 minutes. He needs to play two good 30s yeah. clean, and you get the best of him at the back end of his stints because he's just not hes not human. The man is the fittest bloke you've ever met for that position. He doesn't burn out. He needs to play big, long stints. Paulo has the ability to do that as well. Uh, he might feel a little bit more in this arena, but there's no surprise he's been playing 65-70 at club footy. So I think between those two, you want plenty of minutes unless you need to swap. But with that being said, to the point we are talking about, I don't want to see Murray in the back row. I think he's wasted there. Murray's best ability is the one thing you need in origin, quick play the balls and creating them. On an edge, he does a job. And I know there's talk, oh, he's shut down for feeder. It might be, but we, why are we picking to counteract? Let's pick to win. Yeah, look, I think there's a style of play that we could implement with him in the back row, but that'd involve a lot of lateral movement through the middle and trying to drop yeah, him back drop him under. back under, use his feet. <clears throat> uh, look, defensively... I, I don't mind him at back row defensive. No, I didn't mind him. I just think but his it's best more, ability yeah, is wasted. How use him with the footy? And yeah, he's not a line runner or a crash player. Like through the middle though with his feet and that low center of gravity and the power. Like he generates quick play the balls. And I think Martin similarly, I know he's won a comp at back row, but I like him just as a dog through the middle. I like him as a middle. Yeah. So I'm with you. I prefer Liam Martin as a middle. I think the question is how they roll those guys. So I, I don't mind a, a picture where Pungai gets a quick stint and Haas' stint, maybe they try to roll on Murray and Martin with Yo at some point. We play real fast and leg speed and power through the middle yeah. and just try to be really aggressive and have Yo be the primary ball handler. Like, I heard a bit of talk, like, oh, would they play with him and Murray that way? No. Yo, Arpy, Cleary, that, that's what got them to the dance. You let them handle that side of things. You want Murray there for what he did the first year or two when he come into the picture, yeah. just running the football through the middle of the field. Mm. Um if they do get too smart and, you know, pull the Hudson late and start him or rotate frizz, like just, I don't like the whole mixing up your edges and moving guys through, like just. Yeah, I, we've got I, extra. I agree with you. I, 
<clears throat> I just feel, find it really hard to know what they're going to do. And yeah, look, no, that's what worries that, me. We, let's let's critique it later. Let's yeah. just yeah. There's a world here where I look at that and go, look, the guys we've got on the, the bench have leg speed, impact, can play middle and edge if we need them to, but more than likely. I think if we get it right and we just use the extra changes through our middle and try and light them up through there with Arpy controlling, dictating, and working this game on what's going to be a fast pitch because Adelaide Oval, it's cricket field. Yeah, That's where we win the game, through the guts. We'll get opportunities off that if we do the right thing. If we try to get too smart and pull a Hudson and then roll him in late and then he feels like he needs to make an impact or if Frizz rolls in and you move one out there, that's fine. But I just, just don't outsmart yourself, I think. Don't try to go, we'll do this for 20 and 30 in here. No. you got two bookends that play huge minutes and are two of the better front rollers in the comp. you got a really good nine. You've got that link there with the 13 who we know what he can do. Let him play the full game or close to with his club mates and have that impact he needs to. The last few years, I think he's been taken off the field or spent 15, 20 off when he shouldn't, yeah? Unless Yo again is on his haunch, is dead because we've had goal line stands or no football. He plays 80 for me at lock. Yeah. Because that's why you pick that combination for. Don't talk club combos if you're not going to fucking play with them. Or actually play for the reason why you've picked. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think probably the only thing that worries me possibly is the left edge defensively. And that's just because it's new. Latrell, obviously, it just back-to-back efforts or effort on efforts with Hudson and Luai. Luai is someone you can obviously have a bit of a go at, but I think that's probably the only part of the field I sort of look at and worry maybe a tiny bit just because it's brand new. Frizz is reliable. Like, Fafita's a hell of a man to handle, but Nate's one of the better defensive halves. Yeah. So he's going to get good help there. Turbo's a big body. He, he can get a bit trigger-happy and try to come in. That might be a little bit of a worry, but again, I think if we do our job with the middle, he, he probably doesn't get the ball and the opportunity to do that. So I don't know if that's as big of a threat, but... Let's sort of roll through, I guess, now a little bit on both sides. But for me, getting that back line back from a few years ago, we, we had questions like we spoke about. Turbo hasn't been at his best or do we know if he's healthy? Fox getting back in after one game. Martin, there's a few worries about guys just going the distance or hopefully nothing happens. That's yeah. not ideal. But this is the back line that dominated a few years ago. And I think with this back line, you get a lot. You get a lot of yardage. You get big bodies. Turbo and Latrell can obviously help out, along with Teddy, who we know is really good in that area. Tyo's got strong carries. I think you've got kick cover as well, having Latrell and Turbo there. If they try to target a Tyo, they try to target a Fox who aren't the tallest of wingers. You've got guys there that naturally are good at shielding or can roll in if you want to. And we sort of saw that the other year where sometimes they help out, which is a big plus. But that back five, surely we do well coming out of our own end. You have to with those bodies. You'd hope so. Lots of good carries. And we know Teddy in this arena as well, especially escalates in that side of things. Just all the shit work, those short sides and all that. But yeah, there's also some good kick coverage there. Um, I think the other part of that is just D combos like we sort of spoke about there. That left side probably worries me just a little bit, but Hudson's pretty good. But it's just more the effort on effort stuff. So hopefully they get some inside cover. The right doesn't worry me as much again with having... Nathan and those sort of guys and just hopefully if they do get some football down there they don't get a bit trigger happy because we saw a few years ago I think it was when Jimmy the Jet played outside Tom or Tom might have been on the wing and Jet was on the inside and he sort of pulled the trigger a few times and he didn't need to mm-hmm. so hopefully him and Toto stay together if that does happen yeah because that's the last mm-hmm. thing just we sort of need some connected movements because mm-hmm. Munster for feet at homes so that's a pretty pretty dangerous edge if they do get going through the middle 
To, yeah, that's right. If they get going forward, they'll be playing on the front foot, hard mm. to handle. You know, Munster's going to run plenty. That's mm. what he does his best sort of work. For Fida this year, he's just been on another world. And, and Holmes, I don't care about his club form. He's one of these guys, again, when he plays Origin. Certainly. And then you know where Walsh is going to be going. You can imagine a lot of that football is going to be coming down that left-hand side with him coming around trying to link up with those couple of guys. So yeah. can't get trigger happy there and try to jam in and solve things. If they can get inside help or they've got grass behind them, they need to stay together. Uh, on that side of things. The middle game, the power's there. Like I said, it's just more how it gets used. Um, the pen guy thing, I think, works as long as it's two short stints. And he does what he does well, which is he's got all the power. He's got leg speed. The offload can be effective, but at times we do know he can throw a hand grenade. Mm. So if he does throw one, it can't be for the sake of it. Yeah. If not, just head down, bum up, quick play the balls, 10, 15 minutes, try to whack a few blokes and get him off the field. Simple. Haas plays that big minute. We know what he's going to do. Paulo play that big minute. And then our only question comes to what we just spoke about. I don't know how he uses the bench. In an ideal world, if he's going to move anybody in to get someone on edge, it's Frizzell. Hudson stays. But if not, I have no problem with short, sharp stints using the leg speed of Murray and Martin through the middle in conjunction with those two front rowers. And yeah. Yeah. Because, like I said, Martin has done a great job at club on the right. But I'd love when he just bulldogs through the middle. The bloke's just an angry, angry human. Yeah, I'd just be using them all as just middle yeah. fodder. Quick Our edges look good. We've got, you know, happy with, yeah, we've got the halves combination, strong outside backs, good at fullback. Yeah. We need our middle to win the middle of the field. Yeah, and Simple I, as I that. think if you use this correctly, I think we've got the better middle. Yeah. That's the real strength. That's and the point, yeah. Even looking at it now, looking at the bench, if it's used properly, I'm looking at those three, Paulo, Murray, Martin up against Tino, Cotter, Arrow. Like Arrow and Cotter certainly built for this arena and do a job, but... That in conjunction with Flegler, Collins, etc. Like I think we've got the overall stronger rotation there. They're going to lean heavily on Carrigan and Tino, in my opinion. If you can do a number on those two, yeah. you win the middle of the field. Yeah. And you can slam Harry. That's where you want to be getting at. Use an RP. Just try to make sure that he's got no gas left. And same with Ben Hunt. But it's just how we use that bench, and that's the thing that scares me. Mm. I think if we try to outsmart ourselves and have the late change and Murray's here and we'll put Hudson on later and we'll roll Frizz and we just fucking... Twitch too much. No. Just stick to what you've got sorted. We know we've got two great bookends. We've got a really good lock, and then we've got leg speed and impact there if we want to use it the right way. Yeah. And if we do a job there, then Turbo gets early ball. Then Latrell gets early ball, and it's not that hard. Those guys make things happen. Just give them the football. And they linked up last time we saw as well, particularly Tommy coming around and linking up that other side of the field with Latrell. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't happen without the middle. And we all know where all football games are won, but especially at this level. It's the middle of the field. Yep. So, again, I know I'm fucking sound like a broken record, but I really hope they're not trying to outsmart themselves with what they've picked. Don't complicate it. Don't try and reinvent the wheel. And don't feel that you have to get Nico on because you picked him. Hmm. You've picked him, and I understand that now, and he's a good bloke and all these other things, but don't feel obliged to give him 10 minutes. Unless RP is absolutely fucking dead and gassed, I don't care if Nico has to sit for 80. Yeah. Agree. <clears throat> That's, yeah. That's just where I'm at with that. Um, and yeah, if that rotation happens, like we said, the only one I want to see maybe is Frizzell into the middle and off if you're going to steal a change for a middle. I don't want to see both edges or a late swap. And if you've picked Hudson, you trust Hudson to play there. If you want to work Frizz in a little bit because you're looking for a veteran and a solid start in a rotation, fair enough. But Hudson edge especially, if you didn't pick him to play 80, I don't know why you bothered. Don't outsmart yourself. Uh, the halves kicking, we know on that cricket field in particular for both sides is going to be very important. Short, fast deck, it's probably going to bounce a bit more, probably going to run on a bit more. 
I think probably the most important kick in this game is going to be the bomb for that reason. I think territory kicking might be good early in the set if you get it right, just to run on a bit. But in terms of that sort of halfway kick and where you put it or, you know, probably that 30-40 to kick on, I think there might be a lot of seven-tackle sets if it's short and fast. Yeah. So I think that transition kick where you try to get that high, long bomb, or as we used to call it, the pierce kick, just Hmm. inside that 10 where, you know, you get down there and try and work them over. In particular, Walsh isn't a big body. So if you can isolate Walsh, I think it's on all night just to fucking bash and bomb him and try and beat him out of the game. Cobbo's another one in contest. He's very, very dangerous with the ball, but I'd be throwing plenty up for him. He's a guy that if you try to rattle early, he can drop one. But I also don't want him taking the first up carry. So he's probably the one that I'd be picking on. I really like Murray, but he hasn't had as good a year this year, and he's off an injury and still hasn't looked that great to me. Yeah. So I'd probably be thinking more if we can belt Walsh, we belt Walsh. And if not, I'd be trying to get Cobbo to spill a few early and break his confidence. So we all know... Good sets, good coverage. Clear is going to do 90% of the kicking. Luai might need to come out with one or two here or there, but for the most part, it's on Nate's boot. Yeah. Now, I, I think that bomb is going to be really big factor with the way the field is. Hopefully, we can get in good enough field position for it to be a weapon. Yeah. You agree with that kick plan? Would you probably, if you can, hammer Walsh? But if not, if you're going to pick one of them first up, you'd probably pick on Cobbo. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how they line up, who plays it. What edge and who you think is their best yardage carry? So, well, Cobb will be on the right, I think, with Hammer, and on the left hand side, you're going to have Holmes and Tuolagi. Mm. So, I'd think if I was going to pick on one of them, if I can't bomb and bash Walsh and have to pick someone to put into a corner, I'd right, probably. Firstly, I wouldn't be kicking to Walsh at all if I could avoid No, nah, unless you're going to be able to isolate him and flog him. That's more Yeah, but even if you kick down the middle of the field and land on it, it splits the field pretty easily. Like, I'd want to. I'd really want to put him into a corner. I'd probably go... I'd probably be kicking left then down... Yeah, Cobber. To Alagi and... Or he's the right then. Yeah. Our right, their left. I'd be kicking down our left. Or our left goes to Cobber. No, sorry. I'd be kicking down our right then. Yeah. All right. Well, I'd be going the opposite. That's just because I don't want... Down our right. And, and, you know, I'd rather Holmes on a dummy half carry than the hammer. So you're probably going to land on the winger land on the kick with the winger and then get the center from dummy half on play two or you're going to get the center mm. on a pass on play two I'd probably rather kick that edge but I mean you pick your poison they're both yeah dangerous strong for edges. different reasons yeah but I thought you take Cobo away and it's isolate also him a, it's a left to right pass which is more commonly the, the weaker pass for a dummy half so there's a couple of couple of little reasons there but mm. um, yeah I certainly wouldn't be I wouldn't be kicking to kicking to Walsh if I could avoid it particularly on long kicks he's yeah Jesus, he's been dynamic. The plan will be the same for Queensland with us. Like they're, they're not going to want to kick to Tedesco. Not in open in space, any, no. In any real situation. Uh, on that one, I think, speaking about spots to look for, I think both the nines, we talk about this every year, Hunt does a good job when he's there, but early doors, if you can sort of channel through him and Collins, I think. But the thing there, right, is that they've got the backup on the bench. Mm. Like if for Queensland, I think Appy, the goal has got to be for Appy to make 50 tackles. That Yeah have enough possession and be disciplined enough, particularly coming out of your own end, to just get Appy's work rate up two, twofold. Number one, we don't have anyone on the bench. Number two, it'll blunt his effectiveness when yeah, we've with got the, the footy. Yeah, so the Blues are going to have to work out a way to hopefully alleviate that pressure, that defensive pressure if it comes. And then also they need to have a plan for, well, if we need to give him a rest, who goes mm. there? How are we going to give him a rest during the 80? Like, how, do we move him defensively? 
do we have someone else go in and and yardage? I'd and say get your halves in there to pass or help mm. out a little bit. Give him two or three plays there to sort of just walk himself back on. Yeah, I, there just needs to be a strategy there, right? To yeah, definitely give him that give him that rest. Well, before we jump on to that Queensland side of things, you make some good points, but um, I think <laughs> spots like you said they're looking to get for for them. I know they've got that rotation, but if we're winning the middle, clearly it's the two hookers because they're the smaller bodies. Mm. But Collins is someone I think as well laterally. Not the greatest at times. Um, if you can get him when he's on that starting period, if you get on the front foot. But Harry, we know what they're going to bring him on for, but I've got similar point of view to you. When we have the ball with him, he does a job, but I'd just be trying to batter him. I'd be putting everyone at him, using RP skills to try and isolate him and just make sure he doesn't have enough ticker as he gets to the back end of his stint or get put him to a point where hopefully they have to consider putting Hunt back on for that reason. Because mm. you can work him over. He's not the biggest body. Uh, and probably on your edge spots, if you're going to go anywhere, you know, that Munster for feeder homes sort of edge, it's probably the opposite of where we're looking. In years gone past, it's sort of been the left where we've had that success going after Cherry Evans and who's been partnered up with him. And to be honest, Hammer is an unknown quantity. So that's probably a good spot as well. But I, I think they've got the perfect guy wedge between those two and Gilbert. Gilbert is the ultimate cleanup. He's the mop. He'll go 80, he'll cover, he'll run, he'll harass halves, he'll kick pressure. That they're going to need him to because I think there's definitely going to be some questions asked of Cherry Evans and, and Amisa. Um, so that's probably a good spot to be looking at. But yeah, I think DCE, Cop and Hudson, and that niggle that he sort of brings, or dropping Latrell back into him as well, or one on one with Hammer. We know Hammer's got the speed, but does he have the power to cover somebody like Latrell? But the biggest point, and probably finishing up on the New South Wales thing for me, is I, I really think Arpy's the key. I know we talk about halves, fullbacks, this, that, and the other. But if we're going to win this game, I think if he uses his middle right, and we basically do what you said, make sure that he doesn't get burnt up defensively on a fast track going forward. You've seen at the Tigers what happens when they get on board with what he's trying to do. Yeah, He's very effective at rolling the middle. He brings halves onto the ball. He gets them running. He brings the one into the game. He tells stories, he changes shape, he puts black blokes back in behind the, behind the markers, he gets them to jump. He gets to that point where he does those awkward runs where he ducks under and starts tumbling behind the ruck. But I think with this combination of forwards, you give him Haas, Pungai, the combination with Yo, that bench coming on, Murray and that off the back of them. If he plays a good 80 and we don't let him get burnt out in defense, I think he can have his fingerprints all over this and Agreed. really sew things up. So I'm looking at and again... Talking about the cricket pitch, I don't think it's going to be an easy one to kick on and play that sort of game like you would at an A-Core where it's a bit wet and heavier and a bit more positional or territory. I think fast and furious through the middle with RP being the key player and you let Nathan dictate off the back of that. Teddy's there just doing what he does, popping up left, right and centre. Let the two centres link up together on some sweep shapes and try and attack those edges, but I'd really want to justify why he's our nine and I think that's our strength. Yeah. Agreed. Playing through that middle, so um, yeah, that's about all I have on the New South Wales side of things. But the first point for Queensland was exactly what you just said. Then the fact we have gone with one nine, and the talk about the possibility of having you know to put someone in for ten or fifteen, or whether they force it. I hope they don't force Nico or Luai or whatever their plan is into there. But if you knew, if you're Queensland, I'm just trying to batter happy mm. for that exact reason that you talked about making sure that he cannot stand up. Or if he does, that he's basically there just passing because he can't catch his breath. 
is if you take him away and no one's crafting or manipulating, it should make it a little bit easier to contain the middles where I think we've got the upper hand. But yeah, can they get to him? Can they do that? Can we get into a territory battle and get the upper hand and make sure that they don't get on top and have the ability to go after Arpy? I guess we'll see. But particularly that first in, um, I think it's... Well, that, they'll come heavily down the field. I, I'd really like to see us compress that line right up. They want to play that <clears throat> that style through the middle. Um, just really narrow the spaces and encourage them to move the footy. Mm. And once they do that, then I'd happily adjust my spacings. But particularly early doors, I think we need to get the baseball bats out yeah. and really just lock down that middle part of the field because that's going to be key. Yeah, and again, with... Carrigan, Collins, Flegler, it wouldn't surprise me again if Tino's a late roll-in, but I think they can get on top of Flegler and Collins in particular earlier and do a number there. Yeah. Carrigan is the one carry they're really going to rely on. He's got good footwork. We know he's got a pass. He'll probably try to move that ball early a few times, you'd think, try and push some of that shape out, particularly left-hand side or get Walsh early out there trying to create an overlap. But I think if you shut those two down, it sort of takes away Carrigan's ability to look to play that way. And then again, that those two to me are really the key because they've got a lot of workers there. A lot of guys that'll graft and grind and hold themselves into the game and do what Queensland have always sort of done, which is just wait for an opportunity. Wait for a moment. Wait for a, a dummy half kick or, a, you know, we, we've seen it so many times where you feel like we're winning the territory or we're getting the advantage and one just comes up with a clearing kick and we make an error or we get pinned or something happens down our end. Yeah. But you look at the way he's picked this team again, in particular his middles, They've got attack on both edges. They've got quality in the halves. They've got a good kicking game. They've got a spark plate at the back. But their middle needs to hold up. And if it doesn't, they'll just go into that bunker down mode that you're talking about. Drag out, knock them out, make our tackles, just hold on for dear life and just wait for a chance if we do the right thing. Mm. Um, but it's showing right there. Like When Cotter comes on, we saw what he could do last year when he was basically forced to play. He just ripped hair, bust. Hold on for dear life. Arrow, probably similar role, just come through the middle. Tino, if they really needed an edge, could go there. And then Harry just brings that sort of spark, similar deal, giving him that little bit of an upgrade, I guess, rolling through the middle or a bit more creativity rather than just simple one-out carries yeah. if you sleep on him. But yardage game for them, I think, a little bit weaker. And that's just in terms of the collective as a five. I think with Hammer and Walsh, you've got a dangerous <clears throat> element there that if you do not do a good job in terms of like that umbrella and cutting off the space, there's a good chance for them to two-pass early and get one of those guys sort of on the out. But in terms of yardage, I think you can do a good job on a Cobo or a Tuolagi or a Holmes who are all good yardage carries. They've sort of got probably a little bit less coming out of the backfield than what New South Wales do in terms of the, the collective five. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> that's why I think it's so important that our kicking is good. Mm. New South Wales kicking is good. If it's not, then we're going to put them in positions where those guys are going to be really, really dangerous. Yeah. And like you said, if someone gets down up, quick play the ball, I can see Walsh and Hammer sweeping around together and passing the space and just chewing up some metres or threatening us nice and early. Mm. Whereas if we pin, compress, get into a corner and form that umbrella shape and just try to trap them, make them have to play those three scrap plays just to get centre field to prep for a kick, we just try and cut any risk of those two getting their hands in any space and yardage. Yeah. Like I want Hammer having to carry from dummy half or carry one out and see if he's met up to the medal of that. Yeah. Because that's the one reason I thought they maybe would have had Gagai still on a wing. Not saying that Tuolagi doesn't deserve to be there, because last year, and even this year, I'm sure he'll elevate, but he was you know, he was dominant in yardage. He had the most offloads of any winger in the comp in that regard. So you've got big bodies there with him and Cobo and Holmes, we know, are ripping. But I think with a hammer and a Walsh, you're not going to see them doing 
that sort of work. They're going to look for more, like you said, that open field kicks and linking up together in space or sort of two passing out of trouble if we can press. But if you really jam up and get them down there, I reckon we can sort of pick on those two or three and try and limit the involvement those other two have. Mm. Um, but for them, that that's going to be very important. In particular, I think Cobo, Cobo and Val, I think you'll see the most sort of out of them. Murray, I think, needs to have a big game because I don't think that jersey would be guaranteed. Yeah, He's I'm... obviously gone with that club, club, uh, club <laughs> combo for now because there's more future in it. But if that doesn't work out, and that was more the reason I thought they may have looked at Gagai, he was still racking up plenty of tackle breaks and good work with the football. But at centre, he's been awful defensively. Absolutely. But if he's on the wing, he's at least on the outside of someone else's decision. What he brings in yardage and the aggressiveness when he puts that jersey on, like we've seen in the past, I don't think the door's completely closed for him there. So Tuagi certainly needs to make a contribution um, in that one. But I think probably the other thing, kick game for them, they've probably got a little bit more variety, especially when Hunt's on the field. Usually in the stint where he's on, he'll kick once or twice, and he's always he's always a threat for a 40-20. So I wouldn't be surprised if early on they look to do pretty much the opposite of us. I reckon they look to kick and turn us around, especially with that fast deck, like I was talking about, that sort of 23rd immediate kick if they get bogged down, play 2-3. Cherry Evans has probably got the best long kicking game in the comp, bar maybe Cleary or on par with Cleary. Yeah. He can certainly hit one for space. Hunt's very good at dummy half. I think we need to be alert to that very early on. DCE clearly is the one with the best kicking game. Munsters has certainly improved over time, but I think they'd want him more focused on yeah. his run game and yeah. holding his edge. What he brings and linking up with Fafita and Walsh. And I think that's really going to be their focal point. And also pushing up, looking for offloads because he's so dangerous on the back of an offload. Mm. <clears throat> Do you think you know, that's like having a fullback? Pushing up on the, in the middle of the field, mind you, Cherry Evans is very good at that as well. Yeah, pushing up and catching offloads, and then and then what they do with that pass. So, you know, you they receive an op, an offload, and then you know where they then get the ball. They both Munster and Cherry Evans are deadly at either running, finding yeah. the space and running, or receiving an offload and then finding the space for the pass. Yeah, God, we need to limit the offloads in the middle of the field because they're, they're really going to hurt us. Mm. I think the other one's sort of there with those sort of guys. Do you think he might use Cobo a bit like Turbo, not just park him out on the edge? Do you reckon they'll try and involve him maybe a couple of times in some shape? I'll be doing that with both centers. I'll be doing that with Valentine as well. I'll yeah. be rolling them both around the field. Because yeah, I know we've got Walsh there and you've got Munster, but I thought it'd be a waste, of, I think, of just having Cobo parked out there. Mm. Like you can give him early ball and get him one-on-one with the trail, but if he gets early ball, bar space, I think you know that physical matchup's going to be tough. Yeah. I think you've got to find more ways to use him than just sit him out in the centre. Agree. Whether it's through the middle of the field, one of those in and out passes, around on a sweep with Walt, like just there's got to be more ways to deploy him. Definitely. Than just parked out there. So interesting how they use him. And I think the other big ones for Fida. He's certainly shown this year that he's willing to do the one percenters. He's evolved his attacking game. He's not just doing the old under eights crash over. Like we've certainly seen that when he needs to. Yeah. But he's got a pass in his game, he's taking yardage carries, he's averaging fifteen plus a week. Almost two hundred plus meters. Like he, his engine's certainly there, but I guess this would be the final sort of answer to us that he's back at this level or deserves to be there. How he defends, because I I think in that regard, I'm not bagging the Titans out here, but certainly there's a habit in them not to close out defensively. Be careful what so you say. I think for him, he Look can't. My he won't be able to go Titan stall here. And hide under the doona. Hide under the doona. He's doing plenty on that side of the ball, but I'll be interested, like, full 80, him out there to see if he's making those sort of efforts to back in. Yeah. Uh, but I think, in attack, he could do anything. 
100%. the way he's been playing this year. If, if if they get going early and Munster's free to run or get early ball to him, him against Frizzell, Frizzell certainly physically is up for the challenge, but if there's space to get it turbo or him, like we saw turbo the other week, um, I, I still don't think he's 100%. I know he ran well in the Canberra game, but it was on the front foot. But you've seen Nakora and a few other guys gas, and Fafita is a real scary proposition hmm. if they get him going early and give him space. Absolutely. Turbo yeah. and Frizzell might have their hands full. And old Brian out there might have to come in once or twice and try and do a bit of cover work. But I think, yeah, for them, if they do get going, that, that edge along with Walsh coming around, that worries me. That really worries me. So it should too. Um, and I think for Munster, it's as simple as what happened with Wayne Bennett the other year when he turned up drunk after the grand final and he played like shit in the first half. He literally said, just run. Yep. Yeah. He's like, what? And he said, just run. I don't even, I don't care. When, well, fucking what you do just run when you run things happen just run simplify and his job the second half he just murdered us yeah so for him that's if he starts running and dancing and standing in tackles and getting laid off loads with two or three and along with the feeder and has Walsh hanging around him as well that left hand side for them could be lethal yeah so you'd want to see plenty of that for them um, I think Gilbert's going to be a huge factor for them like I said I think he'll be the new sort of Welch or a thigh day type player. He's going to be the mop. He's going to be the kick pressures, harassing the dummy half, hitting the halves after kicks, just doing all this shit work. Hmm. He's there for a reason, and that's what he's there for. Um, I thought even the other week when Papaliti was potentially there or if they stuck with Katewell, I'm like, I'd still start him in the back row because you can steal a change a bit like Frizzell and move him into the middle or just get big minutes out of him. But I'm really not surprised they've ended up just picking him on the edge. He'll do a job for 80. 100%. And he will not fuck off. And watching for the Dolphins, he pisses me off some weeks, but I'm like, mate, good on you. Like, he gets in people's faces, he woos, he fucking harasses, but he earns it. He does his job, so until someone shuts him up. Well, he's going to keep doing it. That's and right. that's it. And again, at this arena, he's perfectly built. He's the, he's the most he's the most Queensland-type player I've ever seen in terms of what he does and what his job is, but he's a good footballer. I think he's one that's been sorely missed at the Cowboys this year. Yeah. Um, it's it sort of showed very particularly, but uh, the other one for them, I guess, just bench middles. Like we said, I don't think there's any complicated plan there. We know Harry's coming at nine, but Cotter's a middle, Arrow's a middle, Tino's a middle. He's probably the only real one that goes to an edge if you have a problem. Because yeah. I was sitting there in my head going, well, how do you solve, you know, a center for them? Like for feet, is probably the one who goes to center if you need one over Gilbert. But in t- otherwise, other than Matt, Tino's really the only other one, along with Anna Arrow can do a job there, but ideally I don't want him on an edge in origin. But they're pretty much just middles. Yeah, they, <clears throat> you don't want you don't want Arrow on an edge. No, you like they have to. They're really all in sort of here that Gilbert's playing 80, Fafita's playing 80, and worst case, if Arrow or Tino goes there for a little bit. But like other than that, they're middles stacked. Yeah, They're coming to go to war here and, like I said, just turn it into a shit fight and play territory and grind and wait for that moment like I'm talking about. Mm. They do it so well. A lot of those series that we lost, like we said, when they supposedly dominated, it wasn't so much their middle. It was obviously their spine and taking those key moments, but they just there was never a game there where you felt we, we ever felt comfortable. They always played for 80. Definitely. And they're yeah. in really good form, and I look at this team, and it looks similar again. They've got a quality spine, quality halves, great fullback, two great nines, and it looks similar to those old teams where there's just a moment or two of brilliance there where they drag it into a shit fight for 80 minutes and they don't go away. And if we're not up for it and don't punch them in the mouth, in particular through the middle and the talent we've been able to deploy in our back line, in particular our centres, that it feels like one of those games where they either steal it late or we can, you know, pop them once or twice and win by, say, 10 or 12 points. 
and it always feels that like that's the they're sort just of, never dead. Yeah, no, nah, they never <laughs> go away. They're the fucking liquid man. Um, and Hunt, like we said, I think he'll get maybe one stint, and then you won't see him again unless they gas or late. They need an impact. Well, they'd sometimes throw him on as an extra middle. But with him, again, you've got natural cover for half, nine, 13. It was probably only centre that I looked at and thought they don't have general cover for. Feed is probably the guy that if you lose someone there, Tino might get on edge or Harrow. But, um, yeah, I think the other thing is just inside help. We spoke of that for New South Wales. I'd be more worried about that on our left with Luai. But I think for them, especially early on, when they try to go to Luttrell or Turbo, if they get space, they're just going to need to work hard all day from the inside. Yeah. But I think I'm really interested to see Carrigan again. The way he's been playing club football this year, Tino's been huge for you guys. But Carrigan in particular has been massive for the Broncos. He was the man of the series last year. He was huge for them. 65, 70 minute stints, the ball playing, the D work, the carries. Like, uh, yeah. In particular, when I looked at man of the match options for this game, it's always the halves that are short. But I looked around, I'm like, man, I think there's a few guys here who could really impact it. The other one's like Walsh. I think Walsh could go one of two ways. Walsh could completely melt down, throw a shit pass, or try something risky like we've seen him do at club football, or Walsh could completely light us on fire and have an absolute bell ringer of a game. But I understand why Billy's picked him. And the other thing about Billy, that again, a lot of people wouldn't understand, when he started talking about what he's been watching off the ball, and that's the thing that people can't see at home with the way things are shot, that sounded like as much of a reason why he selected him than what you just see with him with the ball. And if you don't think Billy sees a little bit of himself sometimes with those passes or of course. risking yeah. it, like when people are going, oh, you can make a shit error. I'm like, well, I loved Billy Slater. Billy was no stranger either to coming off a scrum in good ball where we just should park ourselves there and throw him one five rows into the grandstand and make him Bellamy fucking destroy half the box <clears throat> because that's the type of player he was. Look at the World Cup that year. The hand grenade. Yeah. Like, Back to Benji. If you don't think he doesn't see that, but I, the bigger part for me was when he talked about the off the ball stuff that we don't see. Yeah, when he was talking also about like that, how many how many positive things do you provide? Oh, mate, there's a lot more positives with. Look, I, I don't think there was a right or wrong decision. I, no. I think if you go with Ponga, then you know you're, you're looking at what he did last year, and you're probably backing that he's going to be okay with his concussions and his head knocks and things like that. You're also, uh, you know not taking into account or not thinking that play 5-8 at club and then moving to fullback for origin is going to have an impact as well. I think that's been a little bit understated. I think to, to just assume that Billy was going to pick him in that position when yeah. he's not actually playing that position at club. And he hasn't footy, played well and he's had a million concussions. Yeah. I, like, it's all added up. So Billy's just gone, well, I'm going to go with the form fullback player. And with a huge future. Not only form, like he's been outstanding. He's been like, great. Probably for the first six to seven weeks he was the best player in the comp. Mm. Uh, you know that that's that might have fallen away slightly, but yeah, he's he looks threatening. He thoroughly deserves his position. There, there may have even been a world like if you don't have Ben Hunt, there, there's probably a world there where Ponga gets picked on the bench. I, someone said the other way, why don't they pick him? I'm like, well, it's obvious why they pick him for now. Yeah. But if Hunt doesn't exist, I agree with you 100. They yeah. might have had Ponga as a middle half fullback yeah. sort of just jack in the box. But why Ben Hunt's there? He he's too good a cover because he's one of the best halfbacks in the game who just happens to be one of the best hookers when he doesn't even play that position at club. Yeah. And he can defend at third and if you really need him to or come out and provide that sort of role. Mm. He's too important not to have. And it's the perfect role for Harry just rather than going out there and again, what we're talking about with New South Wales, just getting burned up. Yeah. You give him 15, 20 minutes and then just unleash him to go absolutely batshit crazy and run and probe as much as he can. Um, but, yeah, I don't have a whole lot more, I guess, for them. 
it's a, it's a little bit of a change in the guard. People said about the pick and stick thing. Like, I think that's been well overplayed. Like, Gagai's probably the only one that was a little bit of a shock with Tuolagi, but he'll either be proven right or be proven wrong. Ponga, I think, was just more the collection of all the injuries. And the week before, they might have been feeling good about his performance, and then he caught another head knock. Yeah. And now the guy's playing better football, full stop. Yeah. And the Cape Ball one didn't shock me at all. The bloke's missing like seven tackles a week. Like, yeah, no brainer. Fafita's been playing out of his skin. Gilbert's reliable. And then Papali retired, which made it natural for the other move that they'd make, where I was I was iffy on whether you go with a Collins or someone like that, but Papali retired, so someone was going to get that role. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought Horsburgh. I thought Horsburgh might have been in the mix for one of those bench roles, but when you look again at what Cotter had done last year, what Arrow's done when he's played there, and you know, I, I think maybe Flegler's the only one that I could have queried a little bit. I don't think he's been playing bad. Between like him or a Horsburgh form wise right now, or even a Moyaki, I think there's a few guys that were in the mix for a middle role. But there was always going to be yeah, someone they, miss out. That exactly right. They had a yeah pot of gold, really, didn't they? Mm. And there was <clears> other guys, guys in form. A lot of guys that have been like, there and actually done the job as well. Yeah, I think outside backs a little less so. Like the only sort of outside back I think that was playing really well for them is Sammy. Been there, I've done it, mate. I've been there, I've done that, mate. But again, with what they've got right now, they don't really need Phillips, Army. Definitely. Um, and the only other guy that was probably in the mix... And you know how much I love him. I love him too, but defensively as well, I think, I in that arena. Him, He's a good player, mate. Um, and Felice probably would have been there if he didn't fucking try to cave in Welch's face. He would definitely would have been there. They would have probably used Gilbert how I said. They, they would definitely... have probably had Fafita on the bench going, Gilbert, you played twenty twenty five. We'll roll him in, we'll roll you into the middle... We'll punt, you know, probably Flegler, one of these guys, and that would have been the way it went. But Felice suspended from partly retiring sort of made things play out the way they have. Mm. But, yeah, I think for New South Wales, I'm more interested. If we lose, Kalal Matungi played last night. He was okay. Um, but I'd just be interested to see if there's any changes if we lose game one. Yeah. Uh, in terms of form, like who missed out, I don't think anyone was really screaming out. Like the couple of guys that are in really good form are in positions where unfortunately there's guys in the way, like Campbell Graham's outstanding, but if Turbo and Latrell are healthy, you're not surprised they went with those two. I thought he might have got a look on the wing instead of Fox, but they've gone with that combination. Uh, Dylan Edwards is the only other one, and again, our, our most consistent and best player of a long period of time is James Tedesco. So probably the, the two biggest admissions are in two positions where we're fucking stacked. Yeah, We've got exactly. three of the best fullbacks playing in all those positions where you look at those two guys. Correct. So... Um, yeah, and then Campbell Gillard and, and you know that when you're in, You know that when you're in that position as well. And Jake's the other one. I know a lot of people love Jake and what he does, but we don't need another passer. We need leg speed, and I think we've got better middles. I know people last year carried on like it made a difference. We still fucking lost the series. Mm. I love. I know he does a lot of clean-up work, and he's a good footballer, but I just other guys would rather carry. So I don't know what his calf looks like or what that looks like, but I think if, if Freddie, you know, if he's healthy, he might look at him. If Klamatungi... If we don't play well for Zell and that and we lose. But in summary, to sort of finish things up, I think this is this game's more important to us than it is to them. Because the fact that it's game three in New South Wales, they've shown they can come to New South Wales and win. We haven't shown that we can win in Queensland. And I know we're wondering the COVID year, but that was a very different tone. And that was a, just a different kettle of fish altogether. We were fucking red hot. But every other year other than that, man, you've gone up there and we've been lapped a few times. They're, they're, we've Mark definitely we've <laughs> definitely not shown that we can go close particular, I should rephrase that we have not shown we can win a decider at Suncorp plain and simple yeah the, that's exactly right The well we're not going to have to play a decider there this year because the decider's at home but 
Yeah. More importantly, a, a game deciding match. But yeah, more more that point. Game two, if we lose game one, I'm fucking, I'm worried. It's going to be difficult. If we're going there down, just I'm just going to get one of the first two. I'm putting a pen through us. Mm. I think we have to win game one, the neutral venue. And in the past, when we've won the neutral venue, we have won the series. Yeah. Because coming there in game three, um, we at least I at least have some confidence. But if we lose game one, we go out there. I'm, I think we're fucked already. That's sad to say that, but. I don't have faith in us winning Sorry, a must-win game in Queensland. Whereas them on the other foot, they've shown in the past. I'd much rather be playing it in game two though than game three. I'll say that. What's that? It, like going to Queensland having... Oh, game. yeah. But I, mm. I won't be feeling good if we're down already. Not me either. No. I, I think we have to win this game. So with that, we're getting to the blue bet predictions. Um, I was I was Queensland all in my head all week. And I've come around the more I've looked and talked about hoping... More so for what I said before, with interchanges, decisions, and how we play. I'm crossing fingers, toes, eyes, fucking everything that we do the right thing. And yeah. with that, I'm going New South Wales by six. I'm going to go big, bad trail for the first try scorer, hopefully nice and angry early. And When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And I reckon locks it up easier. Okay, it's always easy to pick the halves, but I'm going to go up here to get me into the match. So, yeah, right. I'm going a bit out there. Oh, right. So, what predictions do you need, Matt? So, who do you think is going to win and by how much? Oh, man. I'm going to say Queensland. Prick. <clears throat> <laughs> how much? By four. Yep. Who's your first try? Um, that's a good question. It is a good question, Matt. Who are the wingers? Is Holmes on the winger in the centers? No, nah, centers. It's Cobo and Tualagi. <clears throat> so Cobo's on the right-hand side with Gilbert and Cherry Evans and Hammer, and the left-hand side is Holmes, Tualagi, Munster, Fafita, at Toto and Turbo and Frizz. I'll go Val. <clears throat> You're Val first. And who's your man in the match then if Queensland win? <clears throat> Good question. Because that's going to be a Queensland if you think they're going to win, surely. <clears throat> Yeah, I I'm, like Walsh or Carrigan if it's them, in my opinion. I know the again the halves easy pick, but I, I don't know. I'll go. Um, I'll go Cameron Monster. He's going the money man. Chicka chicka woo woo. Well, I feel well, very unpatriotic, but I'm just yeah. I know. I'll, I'll, I was with you looking at what I see. And... I was with you, but I just I think mine more worries me exactly. I'm I'm trying I, to have faith. I think if you go player for player, who's got the better list? We do. Yeah, I just I don't like the Pangai selection. I'll be honest. Like, yeah, that, that might turn out to be gold, and I'll be the first to say Again, I'm, I'm wrong. If if it's you, I think we're, what I was justifying before was if done correctly and he does his job, he's more than capable of playing Origin football. And then I have we've been waiting severe um, fears around interchanges, yeah, and, and that's why I'm trying to block that noise out in my head. And it's worrying me. It really is worrying me that we'll force Nico onto the, the field. The thing that or, I really like is Tom and Latrell back yeah. in the centres. Teddy's form worries me a little bit. Um, Jerome Luai worries me a little bit. I'm just being honest. I, yeah, I know. Uh, not I'm just not having to... not having an actual bench hooker worries me a little bit if that gets exposed. 
Yeah, I just think there's some holes that could be exploited. Yeah. And if, I, I really like... Like, I think Billy Slade has proven himself to be a pretty astute coach. He has. And that's more what worries me again. The, yeah. the changes and the way they'll play or what they'll do. Um, it's good. That's not, that's not to be disrespectful to Fittler or anyone. No, the, but the it's the things staff. we said before, though. Like, I think it's just... Outsmarting yourself or not doing the right changes or sometimes I think the first two I, years. I, I've got to be honest. The, the, I, I had I had I was worried straight away when we started. We're starting to use the word gamble. Yeah, they don't like that either. But the first two years, he just picked the best team, the best I don't players. Like and gamble. I want to. I want to be certain about that the player I'm going to put out on the field for New South Wales is the best player in that position, mm. and he's going to give our state the best chance to win. I, yeah, it's. I'm a little bit well, worried. I, I, like a I phrase before, we come out and win my P- Pongo Jr. is a rep level player on his best day. The question is, his best day is not often enough. So I hope for the time that he does get, we see the best version of Pongo Jr. But has he been playing rep level footy at club? Oh, so that's my point. His whole career, it's, ne- it's never been a question of ability. It's about how often you see it. Hmm. The few times you've seen it, you're like, mate, you could be the best player in your position if you want to be. Yeah. Does he want to be? I'm looking here, I'm going like, someone's giving you this opportunity, so I'm taking the trust that he'll deliver for the 20, 25 minutes he gets. I'm not confident, yeah. but I certainly think he's capable of playing Origin, no doubt about it. But yeah, I'm sort of with you. There's a lot of risk. Martin off two games, Turbo off his form, you know, Fox off one game when last year they wouldn't pick him. There's a few things they've done there that would surprise you off what they've shown last year. Yeah. The one hooker situation, but I'm just more like this thinking... If anyone's sitting there going, we have to win game one, everyone says, oh, we all have to win game one. We have to win game one. We have to. And if they haven't bled that importance and they don't know that as a group, heading to Queensland for game two, they, they, like I said, we lose that, I've already put a pen through us. We're done. He'll be fired. Next year will be open slather. Teddy's jersey will be up for grabs. The whole thing will be reset, in my opinion. Yeah. There's a lot of pieces that will be there still long term. Campbell Graham's definitely going to play Origin at some point again. Yo, Murray... Hudson Young, if he plays well and the way he's been in the back, right? Like, there's a lot of guys, Trell, Turbo, they're all going to be around for a long time. But there'll be a few pieces in particular, I think Freddie and Tedesco, that will not be guaranteed to return next year if we lose the series. There might be some turnover in coaching and philosophy and the idea of where the Blues are heading. So I think all in game one. If game two doesn't pan out, you've got some injuries, all that, but then you bank on coming back game three and finishing the job. So I think it's just, it has to be Blues in one. So. Yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. And those odds with bluebet.com.au as current Sunday night at the moment. What is it? It's 10.20. The Maroons are $2.15 outsider. The Blues are $1.70. Minus 2.5 is the line. 1-12 Maroons, three thirty. New South Wales Blues, $3.13 plus for Queensland. It's $5.50. It is $3.50 for the Blues. And that's sort of what we are talking about before. When you look at what we've got in our field, if, if there's a big score and it's shown in the past, it's New South Wales who win by the big score. With yeah. the talent, especially the last few series. But if it's a dog fight, we know who generally wins the dog fight when it matters. Um, those markets we picked first try at Okar, no surprise. The favourite, 850, Toto 10, Cobo 12, Tualagi 12. I was on the trail, he's 13. Um, Tommy's at 12. Tedesco is 13. Walsh 15. Hammer 17. And Holmes a juicy 18. I think I looked last year, he's like first try scorer in seven of his last nine or something like that, whether he was a center or a winger. Mm. He's still got an ability. 
to certainly do that. If you like back rollers like we're doing big games, Safita's the shortest. He's 18. A money man at 19. Hudson Young, 26. Uh, Frizz, to light the fire, 29. Gilbert is the other one. He's definitely the roughest of that lot. Let's see. Gilbert's $41 for a crash over. Running over the top of Jerome Luai, giving him a spray. For the team. Giving him a bit of what for. Got that, Jerome. Uh, is there any cheekies there? What about a front row? What about if Pungai just comes out absolutely psychopathic and gets a shit lasso player or an X or something off dummy half and burrows at 51? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The drums were bleeding. But for first try scorers, back rows and the centre wingers are always sort of that go-to, that's for sure. Man of the match, Cleary, 550. Teddy, 650. Munster, same. And then it jumps. Latrell at 12. Yeah, not bad. Tom at 13. Harry Grant at 13. Haas, 15. Hunt, 15. Cherry Evans. Walsh at $15. Yo at 21. So who's your man? You had money at 650. Where's my man? Where's he at? Where's Arpy? Arpy's $26. To be a man of the match. If he plays 80 and he does his job, yeah, wow. and he maybe lays on a try or makes 40 or... Steals one. I think he's going to be right up there. Yo's yeah, look, the one. If, if New South Wales play, when New South Wales win and he plays eighty, if you could add those two constraints in, he'd be he'd be in the mix. Yeah, he'd be five dollars shorter. Yo's sort of been the one who's always been solid for us, and I've picked him a few times. Yeah, but he's I, never won man much. Yeah, but I think, think the way he, again they bench him and they don't quite they pick yeah. him for his club work, but they don't use him that way. Mm. So I sort of look at him. He's been one I've looked mm. at a few times at long odds, and I've gone. Mm. If I'm on Queensland, like Carrigan at 23s with the way he plays, or Walsh at 15 with the potential to just either be rocks or diamonds, I'm not going the short odds. If that that's that's my little four. If New South Wales win, I could see Latrell have one of those nights where he grabs a double or just has a barnstormer at 12s or Arpy in the middle at 26. But for Queensland, yeah, you, you know it's probably going to be Munster. But if you're going to go outside that, Walsh at 15s or Carrigan at 23. That's pretty bloody good odds for two good players. Yeah. I don't mind it, mate. You know, you know I'm looking for the juicy stuff. Even, mate. You know, something big. A bit of a swing, mate. Uh, and the last one here is what I said before. The series odds with bluebet.com.au. So series winner is one thing, but correct score. Um, if they win game one, game two, I reckon they'll beat us 3-0. That's $9, Queensland. But 2-1 generally always is the way. It's $2.30 for New South Wales. $2.80 for Queensland. New South Wales is $4.50. 3-0. Queensland's $9 for 3-0. Mm. That surprises me. Nice odd. Right, there you go. Oh, man of the series is a market. Yeah, good. Didn't see this last time. Cleary is as short as he is for man of the match for man of the series. He's $5. Yeah, well. Munster, next one, seven fifty. Teddy at 9 Tommy... At 10, Walsh at 11, Latrell 11. You think it's probably in that top group. What was DCE? DCE is 13s. Well, I think, again, Walsh plays a series and plays well at 11. Even Teddy. Teddy's probably not bad at 9s if he yeah. does what he does. He's always the guy. With the way that scoring system is, they isn't it like three guys vote or one to six or something they accumulate? Like he just, if he isn't does what five, he's... Five to one? Something like that. If if he's what he has been and delivers, like he's always right thereabouts. He's probably the best of that top group. Mm. 
Um, Latrell and Turbine the Sanders will probably have a big game each, or but I don't what know. What price Latrell man in the series? Eleven dollars. Yeah. But Nathan's even shorter for that than he's man of the match. And then when you get out to the, the the darker, deep dark waters, there Carrigan won it. Like I said last year, he's twenty six dollars. Yeah. Um, for a Ford RP at twenty one. If he was to have a big series, yo. 15, pain in the house just to go mental for three games at 13 and play 60 plus minutes. I don't know if there's many in that. In the long, long grass there, unless a Gilbert just is a menace for three games and jags a try or something, or Tino goes mental, 41s, 51s, but I'm probably in that top group on the fringe there. But there you go. There's our Origin 1 preview. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the True Blue Bookie. And remember, what are you gambling with for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Um, that promo, like I said, big fan of that. $3 anytime in the first 60 minutes. Val, all the trail maximum stake is $40. But Wednesday night, Boxhead, it's on like Donkey Kong. John, mate. Start of the series. Uh, we'll run through round 13. Not going to go too crazy because we obviously know Origin affected, but Dolphins 26-12 over the Dragons. Just, yeah, the week-to-week of the Dragons, I guess. The AO. No right. Hunt, no Sua. They had a couple of that themselves. They had Bird back in early on. Amon goes over, no try. They score again, and things are looking good. But I guess the big turning point for a lot of people was the Sinbin for DeBellin. Um, I don't think it was the worst one I've seen, but again, at the moment, with the bin and the way things are going, if you go down there and attack the legs, you never know what's going to happen. You're going tatars. So he went tatar. And for anybody out there, again, I've seen a lot of argument about all stats and missed tackles and how they account it. People were blaming him for that missed tackle on the goal line. You are sadly mistaken. Because the way you build your line around the play of the ball is tight and then you work your way out and you have your spaces. Jack Bird was in absolute fucking no man's land. That is not DeBellin's tackle. Well, he yeah, he was in no man's land because he hadn't made the movement into that space. Mm. He was, he was he was too the simple wide. way to yeah the simple way to articulate it is that they're like it wasn't his space to defend no and on the goal line whereas you... a lot of people would think well oh, well he just missed the tackle like no his responsibility is on his inside shoulder to the ball mm. and, and you, when you're on the goal Jack line, Bird's defensive responsibility inside shoulder inside shoulder his to first the ball. movement was outside yeah Mark Nichols drove a fucking truck through it. Too, too worried about the shift or the ball going to the half. And, and you make the argument... Forgot the first most immediate threat. About oh, his eyes or his movement afterwards. It was wider than him, but Bird was still... That first three on the goal line is always tight. That fourth man that Bird was was way too far away from where yeah, he was. Yeah, it depends how deep in the line they are. Yeah. It depends where your fullback is. It depends how many markers you have. Like, mm. There's a lot of things that dictate your spacing there. Mm. But uh, no, they, they got it wrong. But I saw a lot arguing, a lot of anger. I'm like, okay, I get it. You wanted to talk about past indiscretion right there. Like that's that's got nothing to do with it. But from a football perspective, I thought he's the C defender. You build inside out from the play of the ball. I don't think he did much wrong. There was too much space between him and Bird. And Bird, like you said, his first movement was out straight away. He wasn't anywhere near that. Could Jack work out a little bit harder? Surely. But again, he wouldn't have got there to cover that space anyway. So, yeah. But this one... The yo-yo, like we said, car um, afterwards was an interesting press conference about the whistle sort of went away at the back end and whatnot. And I guess for <laughs> Bennett and the Dolphins, it's a good win to get because you look at their side of things, like we said. Um, they've, they had a couple going to Origin. They had Gilbert go in. Felice decided to put a pumpkin on last week and cop three weeks. 
and Hammer went in. So they were a few players down and mm. another good win and puts them in good position, as we said, with the wins that they've jagged now to, you know, they, they can afford to drop a couple on the way, but they're, they're still certainly in the hunt for the eight. Yeah. But I think the best thing for them, and we've seen this all year, it's the guys that we didn't think were going to go up there and play well are playing well. Yeah. And they've got growth out of their kids. they found a little bit of life in a couple of their veterans. Uh, you know, the way that Nick has been playing, even Milford, bit of a throwback the other night when he threw the dummy and did dug through the line. You know, there's some positives there for them. and They're still growing. And I think the best thing is you look at what's coming. Um, they've done well in all the junior competitions. I don't know how they're doing in Cup this year, but, you know, their academy's on the way. You forget they've signed Flegler and they've signed Herbie. They're still looking. So if this is the, the foundations of year one and they've got a couple of good players coming again next year, it's going to be very interesting to see where they are. Yeah. In two or three years' time, but yeah, even those guys like we talked about, Azarko finding his best football again, and um, yeah, I don't have much else to say to be honest. But Neither that okay. These are important games if you're in the mix when you're missing players, and again, they're as good as any uh, those type of wins, and yeah. The other one, Eels Cowboys twenty four sixteen. This was a tough game. Uh, for the Eels, you're basically missing your whole start and forward pack with injuries and origin. Cowboys certainly wouldn't have been expecting to lose four to origin. Um, I think I heard at the back end of it that Peyton did ring up about did, and they obviously didn't let him come back. Mm. If they would made a big difference. Yeah, oh, 100%. And they were right in that. They completed high. They were tough. Drinkwater had a really good game again, had a hand and everything, but they just sort of got caught out at the back end. They... Felt like they got themselves in a good position. He not only scored one, he set a couple up. But Parramatta, I think the biggest positive for Brad Arthur is with these guys missing, they found a couple of guys to step in and fill the void that we were wondering about. Like, we're McGregg. I watched him play 20s for a point there and barely playing cup and thought, mate, heard a lot about him and the other big fella. Tukey Simpkins were two of the bigger bodies that I'd heard a lot about and sort of got to a point where I lost a bit of faith in both of them, but William McGregor's been playing great for you. Yeah, he has. Um, they've certainly found someone there that when they get Campbell Gillard back, you've brought in off of him Gower, who unfortunately gets hurt 10 minutes into his stint. He can't catch a break, the poor bastard. Mm. Um, if Lane gets back healthy, Campbell Gillard, them, Hopgood, Madison, they've got a hell of a forward pack again. Big time, man. Um, and Greg will certainly be part of that rotation. I don't know the extent of offer, um, but 10 minutes in, off. But I think the best thing here, again, is when... Again, their halves are running. They play good football. It's a tourish calf. Yeah. So it could be a month, could be longer. I don't know. But Dylan Brown, back to doing what he does best. He's running the football. But the part of his game, I'm surprised, surprised other people sometimes. Someone the other day was talking about his defense. I think he's always been a really good defensive half. He gets in front. He yeah. hits. He certainly chops low. The try saver on Townsend was a belter. Yeah. Um, Moses, kicking game, played a factor. And obviously iced it off that scrum at the back end. But... For them, it's another important win. These two are both 5-5. Five and five. It was huge in the context of both their seasons, but I think the difference in the end is the fact that Parramatta obviously had both their halves. And you look at the cows, they're right in the mix, drink Completely water. Completely agree, yeah. Definitely tried hard, and Chad did his best, but I think if Tommy Dearden's there, that maybe would have helped them a little bit. But yeah, to no yeah, yeah, argue as well, they wouldn't have expected that. They had Tom Lola on the reserves. He didn't play. They got Neem back in, but I think the thing for them, and he said it afterwards, which I'm not really surprised either, this season, unlike any other, there's still only one win out. Mm. But as you yeah, said... Yeah, the compression of the middle of the competition exactly. is making it pretty he easy. He said the talent's there. It's just whether mm. we can find a way. Yeah, We spoke about yeah, yeah just stringing two and three games together and yeah. that, that'll really open it up for you. 
and we were talking two weeks ago, I was sitting there looking at them going, with the way they're playing, who doesn't get picked? They're probably going to have two or three they didn't expect and they get a couple back healthy and then next minute there's four in there. Mm-hmm. So it didn't work out that way and they're not healthy. So mm-hmm. it's tough, but it's it, they're not gone yet. And it's the same as the Roosters, as bad as they've been playing. This year, more than any other, um, you know, nine, there's a bunch of sevens. I think now eighth place is on six on its own. But there's still only one out, technically. But it's going to require a streak. I think Parramatta are about to go on a bit of a run here. Their draw is pretty good. Yeah. Um, that injury doesn't help, but they're certainly in a position. Um, tell you what I do like, and again, I hope he does stay healthy. Sean Russell's a good player. But yeah, very good player. For a young OB, yeah. um, I know the shoulder, and they, they were talking about season-ending surgery, but he's toughening his way through it. But you keep him on the field. Simonson's starting to play some better football. We know Panasini's a good player. Sevo can finish. Like You sort that out and sort of tie it up your center spots and you've got good reliable yardage wingers, catches, um, you know, just guys that'll work for you. Like, that's long-term. Mm. He's a solid player. And, yeah, like we said, with Greg and Hopgood, get a couple of those middles back in. Um, important win, both of them under man, but for the Eels, um, big tick in the box there. Probably the one that surprised me the most, this one, 26-22, the Warriors. Thought the week off with the injuries and what they've had, going home, going to Napier. Bloody... Crowd was nuts, and they certainly showed at the end of the amount of people that fucking run onto the field. I was watching those on social media. That was quite entertaining. Definitely. Um, but this is huge for the Brisbane Broncos to jag this one. Yeah. And yeah. I know I saw a few Warriors people going as well, like, we're still under man. I'm like, I totally get that. No no doubt about it. No Egan. Um, the, the bench impact of Walker and Jazz and Tamari Martin, like, yeah, you're still under man as well. But for them to go over there missing origin forwards, enemy territory, tough game under man. Uh, Reynolds was mm. the difference in the end. I thought yeah, that was the worst kicking game Johnson's had so far this yeah. year. He's been so good. They just lack some patience at times as well. Yeah. And I, the sad part is I thought their forward pack did a good job again. Fanua Blake and the likes did a really good job. Dallin, Charns, like their yardage work and everything was sort of there. But some of their set ends were horrible. Uh, you know, sort of a little bit of vitriol for a guy like Metcalf. Like Metcalf's over there off a bad injury and he's played no football. I don't know what you're expecting week one back in the NRL. It was such a long stint out for him. Absolutely. But, yeah, yeah Reynolds' kicking game, they were great. And they batted down the hatches. They almost lost it in the end. And, and to be honest, I know a lot of people were probably angry with what Pompey did. It was stupid. He didn't need to grab him. Yeah, I think yeah. Mariner wouldn't have recovered anyway. But, again, Webb... A, a lot of time on the clock prior to that to get it right, wasn't there? Yeah. But Webster pretty much summed it up. It wasn't that one moment. Like That's the point. And yeah. the biggest disappointment, and he said as much, was this year they didn't they don't concede off those errors. They're more resilient. They defend their goal line and... and they didn't. And that's what they want to pride themselves on. Exactly. Um, so as much as I know a lot of people are probably angry at what Pompey did, and it was silly, um, that wasn't exactly what cost them the game. Mm. Kicking game, set ends, and the patience on their goal line defense, all the things that we haven't associated with the Warriors in the past years. But that, that's one of those ones I think that can be season-changing for two teams. That's the sort of win you look at that might get Brisbane into the top four. And for the Warriors, that's the sort of one you look at later on and go, that cost us mm. top four or cost us the eight. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, that that one may turn out to be a bigger loss than what we expect. And moving on, an absolute yo-yo of a game, and probably the biggest thing I want to say here: Raiders thirty-three twenty-six. But the, the the best thing I guess to come out of this is today we're seeing Corey Harawira Naira um, on Instagram and social media mm. saying that he's okay and they're doing some testing and they're, they're obviously working through things. But that that's scary. That's, you know, like we, we saw the DeMar Hamlin thing happen in the NFL where he literally 
stopped breathing on the field and they put the D field on and started working on him. Obviously, didn't get to that level, but you never want to see anything like that on any sporting field or happen to anybody. Absolutely not. No. So, um, I'm not downplaying it compared to the Hamilton thing, mind you, but yeah, the seizure come, you know, a bit delayed after or whatever, hit up, I think he took, and then people on the sideline said he sort of headed back out his edge and looked a little bit confused before he hit the deck, but um, no, that that's that's something for everyone. And full credit to the players as well for getting together and sort of forming that shield around yeah. Wasn't that's nice. something that doesn't need to be seen. I know they they, they did similar in the NFL, but um, yeah, like twice being someone who watches a lot of sport to see similar sort of scenes in a short space of time, not not good at all. So fingers crossed for Corey, uh, whatever testing is done or whatever whatever result comes of that, it's not anything long term that affects his health or is going to alter his life in any way, and he can get back to playing rugby league. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see the information that comes out about it. Mm. And then also, you know, whether it's something long-term or innocuous or... Yeah, well... It's scary. We said that we had a young bloke play for us who had a seizure when we were coaching him and mm. it was nothing to do with anything. They ended up finding out that he had epilepsy. Just sort of... He had a, a turn middle way through the game and then I think he went on a medication to deal with it, but it just sort of happened out of nowhere. Scary. That's for sure. Well, yeah, it is. Mm. It's absolutely scary. Uh, but in a more quick summary, this one again... I think for Canberra, this is one, again, very important that they needed to win. I know we tipped South because they still had some quality there and they had some good moments with their attack in particular. But, you know, you look at them, they still scored 26 points, minus Luttrell, minus Arrow, minus Murray, but more particularly without Murray and Luttrell and their attacking side of things. But I think the concerning thing for them is conceding points the way they have the last two weeks. Well, yeah, particularly when you don't have that offensive firepower. Mm. But the points you concede become... Yeah, they, they build a higher mountain for you to have to climb. Cody Walker was still outstanding. Um, definitely thought he was going to go up that left edge like Manly did, and he certainly did. He pulled that apart a couple of times, that space between Fogarty, Tomoko, Canberra. Similar deal, went at their right edge. Uh, had some love down there. Hopawade was the beneficiary there a couple of times where they pulled him apart, and Rapper and Jack and that had very good games and the way they used their hands. and Their middle was outstanding. Papali. To be able to have him and Jack during this period, Tarpanay is just so consistent. Horsburgh in that role on the edge, he had a huge game as well. So good night for Canberra. Um, what do you think about afterwards? Like I've seen a lot of vitriol today, and it again surprised me. Croker's three hundredth. They basically said they're going to rest him until they're back in Canberra. I've got no problem with that. Some people are saying it's disrespectful to the Tigers or just like, well, I, don't, I don't love it. I don't love it either. It's I know they've got a couple of injuries. It's not because I think it's disrespectful. I think he's only the second player in Canberra history. But it also makes sense for it to be at home. As they well. want to make an occasion of it. Not mm. fucking Campbelltown where no one's going to turn up. Yeah. So I've seen some people going, oh, if we did that and rah, rah, people would be on us. I'm like, well, if you feel that way about it, you can feel that way about it. But I'm pretty sure that the only other person who has played 300 for Canberra is his, I'm pretty sure he's related to Jason Croker. So it's the two croakers. Yeah. Huge occasion. Guy that looked like he was done. Injuries. Gets his way back in this year. They want to do it the right way. And it'll be a huge game against the Warriors at home. Massive. And I think it's probably... People saying it's disrespectful. If anything, I think it's bigger for Canberra because they had a couple of injuries coming out of it. So if there's a couple of guys missing and they're willing to sit him out to play him in that role, if anything, they're doing the Tigers a favour. I wouldn't be offended by it. Mm. They're taking out a guy that they probably need in that position next week. So instead of getting involved in the shit, I'd maybe just worry about the football. Well, that, that's... yeah. And if that's a decision they want to make, always I good advice. wouldn't be taking the disrespect out of it. I'd just be worrying about winning football games. Mm. So, But yeah, some good signs for them. See how Fox said. Um, 
we talked about this as well, that there's a very handy player there, a Blake Taff, who I think ends up somewhere else next year. He's off contract. He's not much spoken about. You forget the role he played playing one when they made it to the grand final. They still very near won that game. He's a fucking great goal kicker. Yeah. And he it's played goal for him, doesn't he? He played in the halves coming through. So half fullback, they've got Jack coming, they've got Cody, they've got Ilias. So I think there's a home somewhere else. And that's there's a lot of clubs out there. But if people aren't looking at Blake Taff, they need to pull their head out of their asses. Well, they do. Because yeah. you're talking, even what we just said it before, Canberra losing Jack, you could go much worse than getting Taff straight down there and putting him in your halves and playing him where he comes through the juniors at. Mm. If you like him as a one or a seven, he's a very handy player to get regardless. But I think there's a lot of clubs that would be looking there. If he falls by the wayside, which unfortunately does happen with some clubs or is undervalued, I think there's a couple of bigger clubs that could sniff around there, even if it's an alternate type of role. But if, if there's not more recruit managers on that looking at him as a starter or an NRL player, I, I think people are blind. Well, and there's I'll, an opportunity there to get a good young player at a good price, I think. I'd agree with that. So let, let's hope someone's smart enough. I'm sure Seas will try and make an offer, but it's going to be a squeeze with their salary cap. That's for sure. But an underrated piece there, uh, no doubt. And the last one was today. That was the Knights up against Manly. And again, strange sort of game uh, at times, Manly. Right in the mixer, and it would have been a hell of a game for them to jag, considering who they're missing, with obviously the injuries to Jake and Ben and Tuolagi and Aloia and all the bodies they're missing, plus the couple that have gone to Origin and Cherry Evans and Turbo. But Newcastle, it was a must win, let's be honest. Safidi, you know, milestone game, Ponga back playing fullback. They were loaded. They had everybody there except Frizzell um, at home. They certainly made it difficult. I uh, thought there was a few strange calls. There were some strange calls across the round, mind you, but the Hetherington try to Phoenix Crossland, how that's not ruled a knock-on because I don't understand how, even in the strip, if he says it's gone backwards, it's gone off a manly player's body and then off him and then gone backwards. It's a knock-on. Well, yeah, that's exactly the The Ponga... Irrespective of whether the ball ends up going backwards. Mm, that Ponga juggle, I know it was hard to determine, but I don't see a way where they didn't touch Saab's forearm or something on the way through. They were juggling and passes that ball. Mm. Um some interesting moments. And, you know, there was a couple of good try savers in that game as well. Probably the... Fuck, I forgot that one before. The moment of the other game, the Tristan Saylor try saver in the Broncos-Warriors game. Oh, my God. Stuck his hand under that football somehow. On Big Rocco play, Berry. Yeah. Massive play. Um, There's a few good ones across the round. But, yeah, they come up with a few in here. There was a lot that went up to the video ref. Thought the biggest thing here... Didn't agree with it at the start where we talked about during the week. The bench was weird for me. They have Cooper Johns and they had Arthur and they had Schuster and they ended up pulling him at the end and playing Arthur. Like, I think Arthur is more quality. It was his first week. If you weren't confident in him, in my opinion, to play because he doesn't have the system, I would have played him in cup for a week and then brought him in next week. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, to go with three halves, pull one off, you sort of wasted a spot. Two up a lot to doesn't end up playing. That didn't surprise me. But yeah, uh, the other one that probably worried me a little bit for them just because the health they've got. Ola Kaladu, heavy strapping on the leg, heavy strapping on the arm. He was all right, but, yeah, he looked a bit beaten up. And they, they can't really afford to lose too much more in the middle. No, that is true. Like, Paseca was very, very good again, and he's been good and good day for Croker to captain the club and the persistency shown and transitioning into that position after being a highly touted Aussie schoolboy, you know, six, and then have some bad injuries and have to leave Canberra. Um, but, yeah, not the result they're looking for. Some positives out of it play-wise, but, yeah, good for Newcastle, required... Ponga had some moments, again, not blowing away. And if I'm Queensland, I'd still be confident of that selection. 
probably the highlight of the day for me was seeing the wheels of Saab and Dom Young. <laughs> Saab, very good at hitting an intercept if you throw one into space there. And then Dom Young, it was mudgy all over again. Yeah. Under eights, just skirted around the outside. Found three middles all parked down there hanging out together. That was funny. Had Kepi, Paseca and... Zip, zip, zip. So. Poor old Schuster who... Still got a lot to work on his defensive side of thing. And then K.O. Weeks almost blew a Sancho trying to turn out for him. But, um, yeah, for Newcastle, important two points, important result. And I guess for them that it's just, yeah, a lot of, lot of noise after the Bali stuff and whatever. And it, it turned out it was fucking barely any players anyway. But, um, yeah, that, the head stuff, their selections, their signs, just a lot of noise around the club. So, again, much like me in the week before, Wins at least guarantee you get a bit of silence for a week. So, mm. yeah. I don't have a whole lot else to bring out of that round. Uh, I guess the last thing to do is look at the ladder, which is, again, awkward enough with the buyers that are involved. But Brisbane now, nine wins, clear on top. You've got the Rabbitohs next with eight wins, and then there's a log jam of Panthers, Sharks, Storm, Dolphins, Raiders, all on seven. Um, and that's with the Broncos and Bunnies yet to have their buy either. And they're both in the eight. Um, so looking like I said on that, Manly and the Eels sit there alone on sixth, equal for eighth, which is the reason why I look at the Cowboys and the Roosters on five and say they're still within touch. Yeah, they are. Of course um, they are. Newcastle also on five, bring themselves in that log jam. Titans who have dropped two or three, they should never in that log jam. The Dogs are still in that log jam. It's only with the Tigers and the Dragons that are you know, in that position where they're going to have to go on a run to get near it. Mm. So there's still a lot to play at the back end. And you know that with Origin... You know, the Raiders have dropped a few. The Warriors in the mix there. Like, Storm are going to be origin-affected. The Dolphins, depth-wise, being tested. Like, the only one who's really probably sitting there unaffected of those teams on seven is the Sharks. Because mm. Hines might not even play any minutes and he'll be able to back up. They might lose him one week, though, if it's a origin week where he's in camp and he's not available for a game. But they're basically the only ones that aren't affected by the origin period in that log jam. Well, that's uh So... And particularly during Origin, you think that's going to continue and we're going to get a nice close ladder as the season heads for home. Mm. And a quick look just at that round off the back of Origin. So Friday night, Raiders-Tigers. So Tigers, Arpy, it's going to be hard for him to back up if he plays 80. Well, it's going to be near impossible. Like he's going to, he's going to fly back and basically play a day later. Yeah. So I, I don't know how that's going to work for them. Um, for Canberra, you've only got Hudson, so he might play 80, but... They've got pretty good depth in those you positions. You'd probably think they'll just play Hudson off the bench there. The fly in the ointment there is you've obviously lost Corey Harawira. Yeah, so they're going to have to reach they'll, for somebody. They'll find someone. Yeah. Um, the Warriors, Dolphins on Saturday. The Dolphins, Hamiso's young. If he's not too beaten up, he might be able to play. The other, the, the fact, a big thing here, I guess, is the flight. Oh, sorry, that's in New Zealand, so it's going to be bloody hard for them too. Yeah. Fly from Adelaide to NZ. So it's, it's going to be hard for Gilbert and Hammer to back up. Titans, Rabbitohs, similar deal, short turnaround, long flight. Like That's a tough one for both of those teams. Sharks, Nico's going to back up for sure on Saturday. He's going to be lucky to play 10, 15 minutes, unless, touch wood, someone gets KO'd and he has to play 60, 70. But Brisbane, that's a hard one for Brisbane, coming to points bet. Oh, Four yeah. or five to back up against Corrala. I've only got one player off a rest. Yeah. Uh, Roosters a venue which is just difficult to play at. 100% so that, that's that's one of those ones where they've you know you look at Brisbane and you go I'm glad we jagged that one in New Zealand because it's another tough one that could have started a bit of a run where we sit there and go they've lost five of the last six exactly but they've stopped that rot 
Um, Roosters Sunday, so they get extra couple of days, which is good for them. They've got a couple in, Collins, Tedesco, etc. Dogs, Fox, Pungai, I reckon they'll both be close. Fox might be touching goal for an injury yeah, if he plays true. injury. Um, Cowboys, Storm, Dearden will be available, again, unless he's called in late. Holmes, Tuolagi, yeah, you know, that's... That's a bit of a, a bit of a harder one in that regard, I guess. Storm, you know, Munster, these sort of guys. If you're confident with that, like again, travelling Adelaide to there, if they're beaten up, it's not worth it. No. And in the last game there, Penrith get the latest one and probably fair enough against the Dragons. They've got five players in. Hmm. So similar deal for them. It, it's going to be interesting to see what they do this year. Because in the past, they've banked points earlier. They've won and they've had the depth. So Yeah, to just be able to rest. I, I think this time around for them... If you're ever going to play them, this is the long turnaround. This might be the week they do play, mm. depending how they feel. But throughout, I'd still rather rest and lean on Falls, Cogger, and a few of those other guys to do a job for you, Jenkins, etc. Yeah. Um, they get especially against the Dragons. So I guess it's a 50-50 there to what they think they want to do. Yeah. But we'll do that one, I guess, Thursday, Boxhead. Anthony Griffin Bowl, that one. The, oh, the Griff the Griff Bowl. But uh, yeah, we'll be back Thursday, and we will... Review Origin 1, hopefully, a New South Wales win. But for all our Queensland fans and listeners out there, good luck to you as well. Definitely worried, and I'm very scared that if we lose this one, I almost think the series is, is Gornski's. But back Thursday, we'll review Origin 1. We'll preview round 13. It's obviously going to be hard with those lineups and knowing what to do. It's a nightmare to tip and bet around this time of year. Cool. That's for sure. But we'll, you know what, mate? We'll do our George best to try and make the best of it. Mm. Uh, and for anyone, again, if you're on that Squinters event for now and you've pressed interested, it's 50-plus at the moment. If you're going, you don't have many days to decide. Yeah. So if you're going to come, hit the button. Hit the button. Do the lads a favour because if you're not going to come, they need to know. Mm. They need to know, mate. So, can I finish? Can I finish? You're supposed to be a role model. You've got to be a role model. But mind you, if you're not on anymore, I might get a chance to finish. Speaking of finishing, what about the finish for the Celtics today? Unbelievable scene. Dear Lord. Well, it's ridiculous in that we were ahead by nine. It's ridiculous we're down three zip and it's three all. Two and a half, yeah. If they don't yeah, win it. But in saying that, if they don't win that it, that was now, a false bit of a false economy. The first two games we gave up. Like just was absolutely no, shit. No, 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 they weren't. They were ahead by double digits in both games. You should be winning both then. So yeah, it was a bit of a false economy. It wasn't that Miami was so dominant. It was just that we were... Oh, Joe games out. He doesn't like timeouts. Mm. Mm. No. Mm. But, but he's been doing it all day. He's been doing it all day. I don't like Jerome Louis. He's a feel like, like that finish today, it's like a bit of a team of destiny feel. Well, I'll put it this way. I spoke to one of my mates who's an absolute nut for the NBA, and I said today, if we lose game seven now, it's an absolute disaster. In my opinion. Yeah. You can't get to this point and turn it all the way around to go home and bomb it in Boston. The fact we dropped two in Boston was already bad enough. Yeah, but we did that against Philly as well and came out and smacked them in Game 7. Game 7 will be completely different, I would think. Yeah, well, I bloody hope so. In the garden, it'll be absolutely rocking. They have to finish it. The only question there is off the series. I've just got questions. Like Marcus Smart, like, he finished him with the last shot. Can they beat the Nuggets, though? Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think they will. Even off a tough the series? Eastern, I think the East this year is stronger than the West, but I don't know enough about it. Right? That's just me, my personal opinion. Mm. Last year, I, th- I always felt it was going to be tough to beat Golden State, uh, but this year I feel like 
Yeah, a lot of the stronger teams were in the east, but tell you what, which which I mean, you look at how far the Lakers got. The more I see uh, Missoula, it reminds me a little bit of Rashad Tate off power. That little moustache. Yeah, 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 a little bit of Rashad. Rashad Tate, my brother. My brother. My good brother. You know, no good deal goes without some information in exchange. <laughs> yes. Al Horford. Mm. Mm. What a trade that's ended up being. Good trade. They took Horford back for some salary cap and a dump the other way, and he's been outstanding for us. Yeah. You don't have him. He's been playing forever. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, good. He's- 255 years old. Yeah, 155 years old. If I don't know, I don't know. You tell me how old he is. He's 135 years old. You don't know Joe Lewis. Rocky Marciano. Yeah, shit. Yeah, good. Uh, well, what a day. What up a day. Back, up and back to Newcastle. Newcastle. Nice drive. You've been tracking at Canberra last week. Newcastle. Where are you this week? Uh, Mudgy. We're at North Sydney this week. North Sydney. So that's a bit of a... Not as bad a track, but still now. nice traffic. I had an all-Bulldogs battle uh, yesterday for the game I had. St. Christopher's and Chester Hill. Very vocal crowd. They got stuck into each other, the lads, in the local game. Mm. Always good. Uh, and there were some yeah. pretty handy guys there. You can understand why they won Harold Matz. And even the development guys and some of the squad players that were year young, I think they're going to be pretty good next year in that age group, to be honest. So that was it was a decent game. Yeah, i got another good one next week, actually. I've got Wenty, who are leading that comp of what I'm calling, and Rouse Hill. And Rouse Hill is the team of all the ex-Paramatta players' kids. So it's Highmarsh's son, Kalis's son, Vela's son. I think Luke Burt's son was with him, but obviously he's moved up to Queensland now. Yeah. But they're all together at Rouse Hill. So I had went to the other week. They're on top of the comp now. They've only they've got four wins in a draw. And Rouse Hill, it's been a mixed bag. I think they've had players missing or coming back. So they've won a couple, lost a couple. But they've got a few there in the Parramatta setup. So that should yeah. be all right next week. But it's been good so far. There's like oh, that level. I like it's what we're more Matt's and Paul. It's always good at that level, I guess, just to see what's coming through you. As soon as you sort of get to sixteen, seventeens, eighteens, you start to see guys that you just look at and go, like he's he's handy. Yeah. Or he's gonna be a difference maker. And even at this sort of level. There was a guy there yesterday who was back from that Matt's grand final who was a starting back rower, and anytime someone come near him, they just got fucking jacked. And I was just like, Yeah, okay. I can tell <laughs> you can tell that someone when they've played in a good team or when they've played at a sports high or a good system or they've gone up and, you know, played in a quality setup like that or they're just a different level. There's a few guys that you just look at and go, right, mate, you're going to be playing ball, flag, like, you know, there's some very early sides there for a handful. But, um, no, it's been enjoyable so far. If anyone ever finds themselves bored, and you, especially if you're a Para or a Dogs fan, you want to see some of your future Players coming through. Certainly seen some guys there that I've uh, written the name down of myself to look out for in the next... Put them in your black book. Three or four years and set up when I did the interview for the competition where one of the blokes is like, why 16s? And I'm sure you'd agree with this. It's probably the last age group where all the best players play park football. After that, they're gone. Yeah. They're either up in development or 18s or they get contracted and they don't want them playing club football. They find them development games during the year and um, they don't come back. And you've got to look at those two districts in the last few years. Like, Jake Arthur played great only two, three years after 16. Sean Russell's only 19. Paul Lottie's only 18. Like, there's, it's not that far away for some of these kids. It's not to say all of them play NRL, but there's definitely going to be a handful that I've watched in this competition that are going to play great. That's true, um, So it is a very age, good age group to watch. And best thing I love is just the, the amount of energy, especially the last few weeks for these boys, because some of them never played. 
you get a camera, they get a commentator, you go interview them. That every kickoff I've had so far when things start off, they just absolutely want to fucking kill each other. So from that perspective, the old uh, bright lights and a bit of the attention hasn't scared anyone. I, if anything, it's done exactly what you'd hope it would do. It's brought everyone there with their wristbands on. Does my hair look good? They're trying to come up with a highlight reel, and take each other out. So um, it's been highly enjoyable. It seems a good little cop. Mm. 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 Well, again, good luck to those Queensland fans out there. Fingers crossed for us New South Welshmen that we can win this one. I think it's very important. Thank you to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with the True Blue Bookie with the website or download the app today. Uh, no power rankings this week, but thank you to the Penrose Solar Centre, Jake and the crew, 1800 202930 or au. the showroom. If you're looking for a system or you just want to be stunned by the Elon of Penrith, let me tell you, the man's very knowledgeable, and it's it's a fun place to visit. It's 138 Bat Street, Jemison Town. And if you're looking for a car, speaking of interesting people, Tobias and the crew at Sinclair Hyundai, corner of Bat Street and York Road. If you want to get moving, get into Hyundai with Toby and the team there at Sinclair Hyundai Penrith, sinclairhyundai.com.au. Boxhead, looking forward to watching... Another origin with you. Hopefully, we won't be swearing at the TV, talking about interchanges and sad come Thursday. Mm. Fingers. I hope the TV's out of reach if at Squinners. If it's not great, you reckon you might hang off it and oh. tear it down like a wild banshee. I, I yeah. I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. Mm. Keep the TV and and shows tips coming as well. I've seen Archer and a few lines that people have recommended there. I have seen little bits of Archer before. I do find it funny, mm. but I'll. It's it's more it's all the comedies, your docos, whatever it is, keep them coming, and it's good for everybody as well. Share, That's right, mate. share a bit in the group. Let share everyone it, let everyone know what you're in. Last into. episode of Succession tomorrow. Last episode of Ted Lasso this week as well. Oh, I'm so happy about that because I've never started Ted Lasso. You, I can't. I love it. Jason Sudeikis, and that I can't seems believe it. No, it's even better though. Anyone listening that hasn't watched Ted Lasso that likes sport, you're a nuffy. Yeah, but he's he he's funny too. It's, yeah, but it's it's a comedy, but it's also yeah, I know. Like a drama, it's it's unreal. But this is why I'm happy because I love Sudeikis, like I said. It'd be, yeah, it's in my top. It might be third on my all-time list. Hall pass, horrible bosses. He's yeah, no, he's it's good. Not in, that. No, no, I'm saying he's good in all that. Though. I'm saying it's it's probably Sopranos, The Wire, Ted Lasso. In my top. Well, three. that makes me even happier because it's finished and I haven't watched it, so oh, I get the whole series without any worry. Yeah. Whereas like Yellowstone, you've got me onto it. I'm, I'm into it, and it's ramped back up again now. Yeah, see? Rips, rips back to doing some bad Told shit. Up, comes back. I'm fucking happy about it. Right. But I'm like, well, I'm running out of episodes, and then you're telling me that there's another season and it's a while away, so... Uh, no, the, well, the fi- final half of this season... When's is... it come out? Back in the year? Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm going to be done well before then. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have to wait. Yeah, that's annoying. It's like power. I got, I've got up to date on all these powers and the time, and I'm like, these are all really good. Now, the la- isn't the last episode of Ghost out? Yeah, I, I watched it. Oh, is it already out? Yeah. Okay, good. Don't tell me. No, I'm not going to tell you. I'm just saying, like, I've up to date with everything, and then they're still going. It's sort of like, oh, I sort of felt let down. Whereas the first one, I watched it all the way through, and you feel a bit, you know, fulfilled when it's all done. All the rest of them are still running and mm. waiting to be renewed, or the episodes to come. There's like three of them running concurrently. Oh, Fiddy, he'd be printing money. Oh, yeah, surely. Four fucking versions of it. Marcus Smart, why is he taking that short? 
Who was that? There is a Derek White. It was only the other day that Bill Simmons was saying that Missoula has just completely disrespected him during the series and not played him. And today he's hit a couple of clutch threes and then he come up with that. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Go Rashad. Rashad Tate. Why is, why is Marcus Smart? How good is this? When they slowed it down, I saw it leave his hand. I was at a, a birthday lunch today and I had it on my phone. I was looking there and as soon as I seen it leave his fingers, I was like, thank you, God. Thank you. Especially this crowd. Look at them. All the hands are up. They're like, Yes. And then they changed it, and they just all dropped. Wow. I was like, that's awesome. If he'd jo- have had some, like, shocking losses in that building. Oh. But if Joe Mazzula now isn't like, okay, I should play Derek White more, well, then I don't know. I've got to be honest, I don't, I don't particularly like the heat. Yeah, I don't like anywhere except Boston. I like Golden State, I must admit. This guy. I don't like... Um, they've zoomed in on one Boston guy in the crowd. I don't like Jimmy Butler. You don't like Jimmy Butler? Or Robinson. Jimmy Buckets. Not a fan. I don't hear, like yeah. the coach. Oh, Spolstra. Like Spolstra's yeah. good. You've dropped the old uh, bench from us. Not a fan. Just not. not How's the fan. moon treating you? Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I don't particularly like a coach, though. All right, let's go. Why is the fuck is Marcus Smart shooting? He's What's the worst shooter. Marcus. I don't like his green hair. Oh. It's 11 o'clock. Let's go to bed. Looks like a hippie. He's a hippie. I won't be going to bed, mate. I'm, I'm going to do a feed You got now, the food. And then I'm going to watch a Monaco Grand Prix. Oh, well, there you go. I'm going home. I've got to get up at five to yeah, get to work. Yeah, you have to work. So. I've got a house full of COVID kids. and I'll get some sleep. I might turn into fucking zombies overnight, you know. Good times. Mm. All right, everybody. We'll be back on Thursday with the review of Origin 1 and the preview of the Round review. 14. Fingers crossed we have an absolute belter of a game and we're not saying the answer is a pineapple. Well, Lewis, go home and put yourself under the doona. I am about to get under the doona for a big day of work before we rock up on Wednesday and start hammering beers like paddle pop loins. Paddle pop loins. And if anyone gets in my personal space, I may use a bit of jiu-jitsu on you. <laughs> All right, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.